The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. I'm Gwendolyn Galsworth, your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to build, how to embed the intelligence of our current operational system into the living landscape of work through visual devices and visual systems, how to install the language of our current understanding of excellence even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be. When we make that level concrete and specific through visual devices, through visual systems, we can literally see how we think and we can predict how that thinking will function. We can see it in action because we've captured it and we can use that as a platform for improvement. It's what we call the built-in PDCA loop of visuality. Visuality is physical. You can see it. You can see the behavior that the devices that you've invented or implemented trigger. And you can say, is it good enough? Is this what we want? Is it precise? Is it complete? Is it on time? Is it accurate? And why do we bother? We bother for the bottom line benefits, and they are handsome. Improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking cost. We often see 15 to 30% increase in productivity when we're working on the operator level, often, often. And we also see splendid cultural growth, cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce. And I'm not just talking operator level. I'm talking about a spirited and engaged supervisors and managers and CEOs, plant managers, spirited and engaged. They have control over their visual. They have control over their corner of the world through visuality. And that makes us all much, much more calm and complete in our own work when we have this sense of control that visuality is designed to give us. And you know what else we get? We get to enjoy ourselves along the way. We get to enjoy ourselves at work. We look forward to work as a place where we can think, where we can contribute, when we can, where we can become scientists. Mm-hmm. So all of that is great, and that's the result of implementing the visual workplace. In a few shows from now, I'm going to make the distinction between the visual workplace and visual management, because it's really important that those terms not be used interchangeably, and I'll explain why. So that's what's coming up next, and then lots of other things are coming up after that. So welcome. Today we are continuing our mini-series on the evolution and background of Lean 5S visuality as it came many years ago, three decades ago. I call it 5S Early Crimes and Misdemeanors, (laughs) the unfolding docudrama, a story that I had the privilege to live and I am now reliving in the telling and I'm inviting you to join in with me because uh, it's really interesting right after just a few announcements. So there's just a tiny bit of time left for our October Madness offer, where all members of the visual workplace, all visual thinkers, have free access for the month of October to the first training module in my 12-module operator-led visuality system called Work That Makes Sense. 
So gather your operators into a room, have a training session, introduce them to visuality through this completely terrific material. It really is some of my best work. And see what happens. See the light bulbs go off and see the inventions that come from even that first session. Get acquainted with the the session in this way. I beg your pardon. Get acquainted with the system in this way. See our approach. And when you do, we think that you'll want the entire system. And we hope you do. And we've made that easy as well. For the month of October and only for this month, members get the entire system for half price. And if you're not a member, you just join. It's free. You get lots of other things as a member. But this is very special. I was quite surprised when the marketing department said, this is what we're going to do. But, you know, I just work here. <laughs> They're in charge. I know who my bosses are. So, half price, this entire system. And I swear this on the head of my cat, my cat Merlin, that... Last year, this system was $14,000. This year, it's five because we've made many improvements and technology has helped us. And for October only, it's going to be half price at $2,400. Please think about it, okay? So, you can see us at visualworkplace.com. There are buttons right there on the homepage. And there's also a wonderful video gallery where you can acquaint yourself with visuality. And there will also be uh, the kind of discussion that I'm going over to get today, but with all the pictures. So so when you do stop by, become a member, you will be enrolled in our newsletter, Visual Thinker, the Visual Thinker every week. I write an article and our wonderful editor and communications VP, Cindy Linden, also has wonderful visual fails and visual successes and lots of really cool stuff about the visual world we live in. All right, moving on to today. 5S, Early Crimes and Misdemeanors. (laughs) So this is part of our unfolding, as I said, docudrama. I raised the issue a few episodes ago, a few shows ago, about how lean alone isn't enough. And then in our last show, last week, I talked about the origins of 5S in Japan. And I talked about the nature of the Japanese society and why 5S fit in so well. I would never characterize any society, any nation, with three or four sentences only. It's totally incomplete and a tad disrespectful to think that you could say it, talk about a people in three or four sentences. But I have made a number of study missions to Japan and I have really studied the culture on and off for the last three decades. It was very, very closely connected in the 1980s. And I will tell you that Japan is gloriously a rule-based culture. They like rules. They like definitions. They like that clarity. They pursue perfection against those rules, meaning with those rules in mind. And I talked about that last week. I talked about the bands of hierarchy that are built not just into the society, but into the Japanese value system. It's coterminous with being a native Japanese. You just get it. No one has to explain it. Everything in the society gives you feedback along those lines. There are pretty clear demarcations between these so-called bands or ribbons of society. And there are privileges and obligations for each band. I recommended to you the reading of Ruth Benedict's book, The Chrysanthemum and the Sword. It was written in the 1940s, but I tell you, it reads like a soap opera and it is an archaeological study. It is a, a study of Japan that is extremely important. So 5S came to our shores in the very early 1980s, and I remember the moment. I had just been hired by Norman Bodek. I was the third or fourth person in the Cambridge office, which was the consulting office, but had, of course, some publishing going on because that was the nature of the company. And Norman Bodek had hired me as a consultant, as a 
also as a principal developer. I had a kind of gift for creating learning pathways. About six months in, I hired uh, someone to not exactly assist me, but a colleague who would work with me. Her name was Connie Dyer. I was an ex-Latin teacher. I don't know how that credentialized me, but Norman thought it did. And Connie was an ex-attorney. And Connie and I were working at some table or other. I remember the room. I remember the light on my back. And suddenly, this was a Thursday morning in 1983. Suddenly, a woman named Cheryl Burling came rushing down the hallway in search of me and of Connie. She was the head of books at Productivity, this training and publishing uh, company. And by the way, it became very, very quickly the premier source globally for books from Japan, the so-called Japanese miracle, with Toyota as the prime exemplar. We had a direct line to Taichi Ono and to uh, eventually to Awada, Toshiki uh, uh, Awada, and also Shigeo Shingo and Ryuji Fukuda, Nakajima, all the greats. Anyway, there was a translator on the phone talking to Cheryl and saying, Cheryl, I'm stuck. I need five words that begin with S because I'm trying to map to this these five Japanese terms in something called 5S. And the words are Seri, Seitan, Seiso, Seketsu, and Shisuke. And as she comes running down the hall, she said, can you help us? Can you help? And we go, huh? What? What? So we thought about it for about six minutes. And in fact, we came up with five words. That, was, that wasn't that hard. We came up with our five words, which were... <clears throat> Catch this. <laughs> very, very important words, which were for Seri Seitan, Seiso Seketsu, and Shitsuki. We said, why not? Sort S1, 2 S shine, S3 straighten, S4 set in order, and S5 sustain. Very good. Five words that begin with S that kind of mean. Uh, get the junk out, put things in order, make sure everything stays in place, and do it again and make sure it stays in place. Those five words of translations, beginning with S, went into all of the books that Productivity Press was publishing. And for four or five years, they were there because there was no other translation, and the books came from us. And so this translation that entered the Japanese, uh, that entered the American mindset came about rather casually. And I will say that Connie and I were responsible for any of the crimes and misdemeanors that came out of that, that came out of that translation that we dutifully turned over to Cheryl to share with the translator. 5S had already in that moment morphed into an adaptation that the West had chosen. Who knew that our lack of understanding would have such consequences? But they did. We turned over that list. It went into all the books. People began to understand our translation, which was inadequate. So I want to pick up this drama after our first break, and I will be here when you get back. I hope that you find this riveting. (laughs) From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. 
Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi there. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and this is the second part of our show today on we are now looking at 5S in some depth, and I call it 5S, Early Crimes and Misdemeanors. And I was one of the criminals involved, me and Connie, innocent though we were. We made a bit of a mess of things, and we didn't know it. Nor did we realize, or anyone else realize, that the mess continued The mess continued for reasons that took years to unearth. And there are companies now, I will tell you, who are creating remarkable triumphs through a westernized 5S. Countless companies, really. And I don't wish in any way to diminish their triumphs or the hard work that the people who work in these companies have done. We glory in that. Yet some companies did not succeed. But they failed terribly in puzzling ways and in difficult ways, in ways in which you are not allowed when you enter those companies to even breathe the word 5S, let alone talk about it or teach it. Something went wrong. Unintended, unintended, often disastrous consequences occurred. So Jim Womack and Dan Jones told us to uh, begin with 5S seemed easy enough, but man, oh man, oh man, what a mess for some of us, for some of us. So that's what I'm kind of unnesting now. I want, in fact, to talk about three gaps. I just initiated one of them by telling you the story of Connie and I, where we kind of threw over the wall a translation that got the translator off of our back. Hmm? tiny little adjustments in thinking. The three gaps, the first one is the translation. The second one is, and I want to unnest these with you, for you, along with you, if you will, was the idea that 5S was capable of solving employee indifference. And the third is about the 5S audit, which we'll pick up a few times over the next few shows. I want to share with you some adjustments that I think will help if you are struggling. If you're not, congratulations. So the first gap, which I've already mentioned, is the English translation of Japanese 5Ss. These English equivalents were at best guesses, but more frequently they were confusions And the absence of an exact translation or translation exactness at the beginning resulted in in significant deviations from 5S's original logic. 5S in in the West began to reflect the preferences and the limitations of the translator. The short of it is language matters and it matters a lot. And In 1983-84, we gave our translation, and for the first four or five years, after Connie and I named the the S's, everyone else played as we called it. Mm -hmm. But shortly after that, the rest of the English-speaking world took it upon themselves to pitch in with other translations. They were well-meaning, 
But there were many other translations, and honestly, Houston, we had the beginnings of a big problem. 5S, so simple, so straight, so sure, began to morph, and companies were experiencing problems with our simple English equivalents. 5S was not performing to the promised level. First of all, the U.S. workforce objected. They had never been asked to clean up after themselves before, and all of a sudden they were going to do it every day, day after day, day after day. What are you, my mother, was the frequent outcry. Unions already irritated by the new expectations of the so-called Japanese miracle began to balk a lot, but not at the importance of cleanliness and order. No one complained about that, but by the way, their companies were pushing it. We feel like babies, was another frequent complaint. Or something like this. This is a quote from someone who said it to me directly. Look, I'm a deacon at my church. I have five kids. I have a mortgage. Don't tell me to clean up after myself. So the model, emotionally speaking, did not fit our value system. People got grumpy, they felt pushed around, they felt marginalized and infantilized, they felt like children. It was a mess. So that mess continued, I would say in some cases to this day, 25, 30 years later. And in my search for something better, because I did feel responsible, I didn't know that those little five minutes we spent together was going to have such a big impact, but it did. I thought about what is 5S about, and I made several changes. The most telling change that I made was the fact that I shifted away from cleanliness and order as the heart of 5S and moved more to operator-led visuality, which is what my work with the operators is now, right now. But when I examined, I want to share this with you. You may find it very interesting. When I went back and researched the history of 5S and went back to the Japanese and looked at an array of Japanese translations to try to get at an answer to the question of what is a balanced translation? It's going to have to be in English, but how do we capture it? I'm going to give you five words that don't begin in S in order to explain it, and then I'll give you where I landed in terms of making five S's in Japanese become five S's in English. The first one, seri. This is about segregating. Yes, that is an S, but hear me out. Segregating and removing to distinguish between what is needed and not needed and remove what's not needed. That's it. Make a clean distinction and then remove what you don't need. That's seri. S2, seitan. Fundamentally, it means to arrange and identify. Arrange in order to be able to quickly identify. identify. Arrange needed items so they can be found quickly by anyone. The third, say so, has to do with cleaning. Clean up and do it every day. Create a spotless work area. And if you remember from the last show, Toyota, along with a number of other companies, way back when in the 60s, adopted 5S for safety reasons. So clean up daily. Here we're going a little further. We're saying a spotless work area. S4, Saketsu. Adhere, you're going to hear the safety theme now, adhere to the first three S's for safety's sake. Be regular about cleanup activities. Make them specific, easy to perform, so safety is maintained. And the fifth, shiketsu, um, I beg your pardon, and the fifth, shitsuke, develop the habit of compliance, promote your commitment, keep going, make sure things stay safe and clean in your work area so you can engage in high performance. Make sure it stays that way. Develop that habit. So that is... In a lot of words, the five S's. 
If I had been asked today, if I were asked today to give equivalents that began with S that would be um, aligned with what I just discussed, I would give these five equivalents. So in 1984, there was Sari, and I would say that means sort. Sort through, sort out. Satan, S2, straighten. Say so, S3, shine. Seketsu, S4, stick to it. And Shitsuke, S5, sustain. Slightly different. Stick to it for safety's sake, right? And sustain. Slightly different. Hmm? That's what I would do nowadays. And the translation continues to be a problem. It really, really does. Because, because when you start introducing words that you have on your agenda but are not in alignment with the simplicity and directness of 5S, you start expanding the scope of 5S and to tell you the truth, even 5S gets confused. For example, one of the big pieces is making an equivalent between stick to it and standardize. And I see this everywhere. Because standard work and standardization is so important to lean, the term standardize, handily it begins with S, has moved into 5S as part of the translation. But in this case, what I've seen happen is that it doesn't mean standardize the 5S. It means standardize everything. And when you do that, you jump the boundary of a very narrow scoped application to something that's vast. It loses its boundedness. The discipline of 5S loses its boundedness. It's a big problem. And the same with simplify. I have no quarrel with Simplify. I just finished a book that's called Smart Simple Design. I'm a big fan of Simplify. But for example, I'm reading a translation right now and it goes like this. Sort, simplify, sweep, standardize, sustain. God bless you, but this is such confusion and it has, it is a confusion of scope. It is almost impossible to implement because you're moving out in and out of a micro view, sort and sweep, to a macro view, simplify, standardize. You're going in and out. And one of the conditions for the learning pathway that needs to exist when we create learning pathways is that it needs to be scoped to the same size. In a sense, the intervals need to be regular. It needs to be consistently aligned. I call it boundedness when I look at my learning pathways and learning pathways of others. I look for a kind of the spine of logic, the line of logic to see if it lays straight on the ground. And this one wiggles all over the place. Harder than heck to implement, harder yet to sustain because it moves in and out. I'm not here to criticize people's approach. My effort is to share with you my view, my view of this. And so these translations began to morph and expand and move in and out like so much sausage and they began to function less and less effectively. So I'm going to set aside that theme for the moment and when we come back, from the break we're going into right now, I'm going to talk about the idea that 5S can solve employee indifference. This was also a morphed idea, and I'd like to unnest it for you. I'll see you in a minute. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to The Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and you are at Visual Workplace. We are in our third segment today of our show on 5S, early crimes and misdemeanors. I could say gaps in edits and morphing and misadjustments, but I like the ring of early crimes and misdemeanors. It kind of makes it very kind of glitterly, glitter, glittery and also dramatic. I talked about gap one, which was the irregularities in the translation when we translated the Japanese to English and what kind of trouble that got us in. Some of you are living that trouble. Some of you have walked away from that trouble. And some of you are doing fine. No trouble at all. Congratulations. Second gap, this idea that 5S can solve employee indifference. So hearing about the active involvement of operators in Japan when they did 5S the West quickly jumped to the conclusion that 5S was the reason those Japanese associates were so engaged, committed, diligent, creative, positive-minded, and high-performing. They associated the two. 5S, employee engagement. That's a no-brainer. We decided then to make 5S about employee empowerment, employee engagement, employee change. And, you know, in 1997, about 10 years, 10, 12 years later, when Womack and Jones touted 5S as the indispensable first step to operational excellence, 5S became the makings of mythic hope. This is our solution. The problem was the American workplace is very different from the companies in Japan. The fact that Japanese is a rules, rule-based society also means, and we've seen this everywhere, there is a hierarchy, and where there's a hierarchy, there is a kind of paternalism. There is a kind of obligation to take care of people who are not in your band, and there's a kind of obligation on those people who are taken care of to say thank you and be grateful to kind of take their cues from the father figure, from the authority, from the top of the heap. Versus us, where we have this kind of random so-called democracy. In fact, we Americans were wrong in our assessment that 5S was the reason Japanese associates were so engaged. In fact, 5S is only one of an array of tools an array of methods that leading Japanese companies use to increase, to recognize, to reward employees and 
strengthen their participation. 5S is only one of an array of approaches to increase employee engagement and ownership. Another one is TAN, the Japanese suggestion system, kata, personal coaching, quality circles. The Harada method is another one that came on the scene about eight years ago, and 5S. So there's an array of tools. The main approach, however, in the great Japanese companies, and this includes Toyota, is highly personalized coaching, the cultivation of operators as individuals. There is not a methodology. There is simply a relationship. This is the platform, the underpinnings. This is the ground on which operators go through their own personal journey, and they become better contributors. Taichi Ono, who was president and co-architect of Toyota and the Toyota production system, along with Shigeo Shingo, my great mentor, he put it in a single phrase. He said, people don't come to Toyota to work, they come to think. This is the culmination of this highly personalized cultivation. It wasn't 5S. 5S, along with the other interventions, were there to help, to help in this cultivation getting to know someone, giving them something very specific to do so they could grow and get feedback on themselves. 5S played a part in this, but never carried it, not by any stretch of the imagination. So this was simply a misunderstanding. And when we ask 5S to not it's just such a mishmash. I'm sorry to say that, but I'm talking about where the failures exist because we're asking people to be neat and clean. And in a moment, the last part of our show, we're going to talk about the audit and we drive it through this compliance audit, but we ask them to grow as people. Those are two very different states of mind and heart. One, we have to follow the rules and comply. And the other is we grow. We grow. How do we grow? By following the rules. The whole idea is to keep within the narrow definition of the rules. We'll have a clean workplace, but how am I going to use that to grow as a person? Well, I'm not going to kill myself or hurt myself because it's clean and I don't trip. But is that really, are those two really closely tied? It simply was a mistake. This is Gwendolyn's opinion. These are my observations. Some of you will find this useful to your purposes. It may answer some of your conundrums that have evolved over the years. For others of you, I know you will dismiss it as poppycock. Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Fine. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) You know. So I'm going to go into our, I'm going to go into our third gap. Our third gap. It is about the 5S audit. By definition, I introduced these themes just a second ago. By definition, an audit is about compliance. By compliance, I mean simply this. Learn the rules. Follow the rules. Check to make sure the rules are followed. And in Japan, do it with precision. Because as we discussed last week, the Japanese get a big kick out of pursuing perfection. They love that. They love that ever-disappearing horizon that they can't quite reach. They love to pursue that which is unattainable. It creates for them a kind of nobility of purpose. Americans aren't that way. We like to win, period. We like to know, did we or didn't we? And we want a big reward if we did. And if we didn't, we hope you don't hurt us too much. (laughs) So, the Americans, us, when we looked at 5S and we saw that perhaps in some cases, 5S was not grabbing. People weren't doing it. They weren't doing it enthusiastically. They were pushing back. We thought, you know what? We're going to help this along a little bit. We are going to audit it. And that will give people their immediate feedback. But the problem, as I mentioned before, with an audit is that it is about compliance, not about growth. 
It is not about finding ways to change and improve. It is about following the rules with precision, repeatedly and reliably. But because the field itself did not offer alternatives, and I don't want to blame my brilliant brothers and sisters who are lean consultants, but, some, but I will say when the audit entered the whole array of lean, it created problems. It was not, for the most part, an effective tool. It had inconsistencies. There are problems with an audit, and let me, let me name them. I'm going to name three problems that I believe make the audit a bit questionable. First of all, I'm going to name them. Number, problem number one, it's an audit. This is a problem for the West, again, not for Japan. An audit, by definition, is an official examination that assesses the adequacy of certain processes and the adequacies of the outcomes against a preset rules profile. It is a compliance tool, and how is it possible to cultivate creative thinking and participation through the static go-no-go, yes-no of an audit protocol. Complying is not the same as improving. So we're not even talking about creativity here. We're talking about simply continuous improvement. If you look at an audit, and I'm looking at one now, which is kind of typical, may not be yours, yours may be superior, and it says alongside the left-hand column, sort, set in order, shine, etc. When you look inside of it, it says, does the inventory or in-process inventory include any unchecked materials or parts? That's a yes-no question. It's a yes-no answer. And yet there is a score, a scoring mechanism that is appended to that question that goes from zero to four. It's a five-level score. Zero means very bad. One means bad. Two means average. Three means good. Four means very good. But it's a question. Does the inventory include any unneeded materials or parts? So we're already at cross purposes. Or, next question about machines and equipment. Are there any unused machines or other equipment around? That's a yes-no question. And yet there's that same five-point scale. So again, and I will tell you, we are not a language-sensitive nation. America is not a language-sensitive nation. We use words rather randomly, and we want them to mean whatever we want them to mean, but not what they truly mean. So even though this audit took somebody, maybe a whole team, a lot of time, language matters, and the language begins to fight against the scoring mechanism. So we have now another layer of of confusion, And not only that, we have a layer of confusion in a mechanism that is about compliance. So the mechanism that is supposed to help us comply is confusing because of the language. And I have seen this everywhere, my friends, dear listeners. It is so important. We'll talk about what to do with these audits on another show because I know that they are part of your corporate landscape. Your bosses want you to do it, and you're not going to get away with it. But we can make some tweaks, and I've got a whole list of tweaky things. But this is a problem. We are trying to create sustainment through a tool that creates confusion. You know, and we can do it. If you want us to, we can do a webinar Do we can do a clinic on audits and spruce up your audits. Just send us – if we get like – 20 emails that says, hey, let's do this. We'll do it free. I don't care. We'll just schedule an hour, an hour and a half, and we'll go through how to build better audits so that you you get yourself out of this jam. It's a language jam. It's a jammy language. <laughs> I want you guys to succeed and to feel the the confidence and the thrill of having a victory around these things. But some of these things are 
so mushed up that we have to very carefully disentangle them, deconstruct them, and reconstruct them. Send us an email. We're here to help. We're going into our last break. I'll be here when you get back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn. We're in our last segment of our show today, 5S Early Crimes and Misdemeanors. And we're talking about the 5S audit and the three fundamental problems. So the first problem was that it was an audit and the audit mechanism itself is confusing. The second problem is that most U.S. companies deploy 5S, that deploy 5S, do so incompletely. Therefore, the auditing that results is questionable. The West, and I've noticed this in many, many, many companies, will deploy the parts of 5S that it understands it will deploy neatness, neatness, cleanliness, order, S1, S2, S3 is usually the first three. It will not deploy the rest of it because it doesn't understand it. So, you know, that's what we do. We deploy what we understand. That's fine. But we have a compliance audit against the first three S's only. Mm-hmm. Most companies don't really understand, for example, the visual opportunity that is in 5S, and therefore they don't audit it, and therefore the audit itself is pale. It is auditing us as though, you know, you're my mother. Did I clean up after myself? Did I clean up after my machine? Is it clean? Is it clean? And I will be audited every week or every quarter, year after year. Your company may have a world-class audit, but this is what you need to look for. Does it produce world-class results? Can you use your audit as a platform? And I will say to you, in my book, you have to make some fundamental changes to your audit in order for it to trigger improvement because it isn't an improvement mechanism. It's a compliance mechanism. And that's problem number two with the audit that it is circumscribed in what it audits. It audits what it understands, and it doesn't understand the part of the audit that really has substance. I should say, I beg your pardon, it doesn't understand the part of 5S that has substance. Third problem, U.S. companies that do deploy 5S by the book, they have an auditable event, but only that. So I'm going back to the beginning. They use Japan's 5S audit as a compliance construct, focused, systematic, and rule-based, and it works. 
when they also seek to use 5S and its audit as a tool for employee engagement, they often fail. They don't have a pre-existing pro-employee framework, and so they instead attempt to squeeze personal and team growth into the narrow confines of the 5S audit. 5S, even when done very, very, very well, cannot create a world-class cultural outcome. It just can't. It's not meant to. It isn't used that way in Japan. And it can't do it just because we're Americans. I want to recommend to your study a really wonderful report that was created by my friends at 5S and Lean Supply, Tony Manos and Jennifer Molsky, a report that they put together called The Very Best of 5S. And it is such a great read because it will tell you what companies are trying to do and also what they actually do. It will tell you because this is a survey report in their own words. Go to our website, visualworkplace.com, become a member. It's already in your account, downloaded. Beautiful PDF study. Or you can call Tony and Jennifer at 815 469 5678, 5ssupply.com. Here's a quote. 50% of respondents said that 5S has mostly or absolutely had an impact on quality, cost, customer satisfaction, and morale. But notice, that means 50% did not. Another, nearly 60% of the companies in the survey do not provide positive reward and recognition for positive audit scores. So there's a gold mine in here. I want to recommend it to you. It is on our website, visualworkplace.com. We thank Tony and Jennifer for creating it. I hope that today's show has helped you understand why, if you are challenged, you have been challenged. And if you're not challenged, why you have been successful because you've managed to get around these boulders. In our next show, we will look at the audit and develop, give you some guidelines for making your audit more responsive to some of the goals you've already set for it and for your company. And I think that will be useful. Please let us hear from you at visualworkplace.com or you can send us an email at radio at visualworkplace.com. You're out there. You're listening. We're listening to you. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. Let the workplace speak. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 